What is up? We're back. Episode four zero. So this is forty. Killing time with Walt and Drew. See what I did there? I just yeah. Kind of How you were able to put the two <laughs> together and realize that that was the number? Yeah, Leslie Mann would be proud of me, dude. Weeks, many weeks since we've done this, man. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No, I think it helps keep people just starving for more. Even though I haven't heard from anybody, but <laughs> well, today's episode is based on something that I heard from feedback. Oh, okay. What What did you hear? Well, Brother Dax, he's a uh, loyal listener of the show. He mm-hmm. listens on uh, his work at times. I okay. Guess. And uh, we asked, uh, I guess the last time we were on the show, you said something about uh, sending your request or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that's Dax true. Uh, hit me up on a text, and he said, why don't you guys talk about like uh, the, the the best rap songs and albums mm-hmm. and whatnot that we grew up with? Well, so for those of you guys listening, Walt diligently made his list. I, of course, failed. I'm and sure uh, I'm going to say stuff. But that you're going to say spark. stuff that'll spark me. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll let you kind of just roll down your list, and I'll right. I'll chime in. And, and for the record, uh, brother Adam, friend of the show, he was going to be here, but uh, Adam is no longer of the retired uh, element in society. He has recently rejoined the workforce. Yes, he found another job. Uh, I don't know what kind of sorry saps. He to went him. against my mantra, which I've shared with you, and you've chosen to agree with it, and I think it's going to pay off for you down the road. And that's you in retirement. If you get another job, your goal hopefully will be maximum return for minimal effort. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately for him, I think he's actually actually I don't think he's got maximum effort going and minimal return. <laughs> After the conversation I had with him on his drive home today from work, I don't think he's putting in maximum effort at all. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty sure he's okay. So yeah, he's doing. But, but hey, uh, so here's the thing, man. So this this was uh, generated by by brother Dax, right? He's a he's a loyal listener for okay. the show. All right. Um, in the future, you and I have discussed this, even though we haven't discussed it recently, but um, another friend of the show, loyal listener, Colin B., he's going to be uh, on the show soon. Oh, that's right. So if he's listening, which he claims he's heard every uh, episode. Right. Uh, or, or if uh, his... Uh, he's got a birthday coming up. He does. His uh, wife, Venus, is actually having a shindig for him. Unfortunately... Right. Hopefully it's not a secret It's on surprise. the same day as mine. <laughs> oh, shit. Hopefully it's not. But in any event... I don't think it is because she has it on Facebook. So. Colin B., if you're listening, uh, we haven't forgotten about you, dude. We've just been off for a few weeks. We're trying to get back into the swing of things. And uh, now that the... the uh, what is it? The Walter Mathau or Walter Mondale you call it the studio? Walter Mondale recording? <laughs> yeah, the Walter Mondale recording studio uh, squared away. Then uh, we should be able to have you on soon, brother. And, uh, that's still one of the best. We'll, we'll, we'll hit you up soon. Still so. one of the best jokes ever. It really wasn't bad. No. All so right. Well, let's jump into it, bro. So, we're, so Walt said, hey... We're, that's back when we thought Adam was going to be with us and, and kind of joining in uh, before he started working again. Is He's like, hey, let's do uh, our top rap songs from the 80s and or just rap songs in general. And uh, we're like, oh, yeah, of course, great idea. And and uh, so he's got his list. I'll bounce off of him. I've got some stuff that I've got in front of me that some I agree with and some I don't. But And, and just know that um, these are these are suggestive, right? This isn't yeah. something that's written in stone because For sure. you'll probably come up with one and I'll go, holy shit, that's a good one and I forgot it. Or maybe I have a feeling about like uh, – Certain certain groups that were really good for a one hit wonder, but yeah. they didn't hit my top group list. Yeah. So. Well, I have a feeling you're gonna. I have a feeling you're going to. You, your hip hop slash rap uh, background with some stuff runs a little bit deeper than mine does because you you tend to you you had a good knack at times for coming across some obscure stuff and playing it, and I'd be like, "What the hell is this shit?" And then after a while. It would kind of catch on, maybe not like a top song or that everybody would know, but it would be enough that you'd hear it and go, "Oh, I know that song or whatever," and 
and uh, and for a long time in the beginning, I'd be all, "There's no way this song's gonna be a hit." And later, it'd be like, kind of got catchy. I should have so, been in the music business, right, 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 right. But here's the deal, man. So I've got I've got like ten groups, okay, right, and the group could be a solo artist or whatever, but right. The ones that came and, and just jumped into my mind when Dak said, hey, you should do this top rap thing, I thought, okay, what right. are the groups that I remember listening to that really kind of influenced my, my driving scheme, mm-hmm, right? Because mm-hmm. like, remember when you'd make tapes just to cruise, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. So I've got the groups. I've got uh, some singles. And right. then I got some honorable mentions at the end. And if you want to you know, tap into those, we could do that too. Okay. All right? All right, go. Okay, so no particular order, man. When I think of rap groups of the 80s and rap groups that influenced the game of hip-hop today, because literally the music today sucks, but right. if I think about the groups in the 80s that we grew up listening to, without a doubt, the first one has to be Run DMC. Oh, yeah. I totally. I was like, it, it's got to be the one. Right. So DMC, to me, uh, was kind of foreign to me. Um, Marco, our buddy, friend of the show, Marco, never been on the show, but friend of the show nonetheless. Right. Uh, he introduced me to Run DMC when he first moved to Vacaville. He had the actual vinyl and uh, he brought it over and he showed it to me once and I was like, uh, I'll give it a shot. And from the moment I heard it, man, it was like unlike anything I'd ever heard. Isn't that crazy, man? I mean, yeah, well, that when, we, when we've done other lists in the past, we've always been able to r- reference a time in our life or something when you heard songs or what group. Right. I mean, you know, junior high school when rap really started becoming a thing, man. Run DMC comes out, and, and then you had Crush Groove, the movie, right? Great. Still so, watch that to this day. You know, so you had Beastie Boys on there, mm-hmm. freaking Fat Boys. New Edition was on there. New Edition was on there. Curtis um, Blow. You know, and that really was meant to introduce LL Cool J. What was it, like 19 mm-hmm. or something like that? Yeah, it was a kid. With radio, and, 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 and it was just, and that's when I got introduced to all those artists, right? And right. And then, and all that. So, yeah, Run DMC, man. Um that was was one of the coolest. Was it Raising Hell? Was the album right? Was well, that, that was that was later? I think we were in ninth. What was the years. What was the first one? Uh, was it Rock Box or King of Rock? I'm not. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm ashamed. That I we just remember the album was just like their faces from the nose up. With yeah, their hats yeah, on yeah. The yeah. But that was badass, man. You had Tricky and all that other shit. And again, and those came later. later. Yeah, you knew it before we did. But that, but the Tricky and uh, My Adidas and all that shit. That was when. Um, they were huge. That's when Crush Groove came out and all that stuff. But that's when they really came out. I, I distinctly remember, and I think I've shared this on the show before. I distinctly remember going to Great America with a car full of guys, and uh, UB Illin came on. It was brand new. Oh and yeah! And they put UB Illin in. Took my mom. Took my mom. I was I was rapping along with it, right? But I thought the chorus was Judy, uh, Judy Ellen. I thought they were talking about a girl. <laughs> so, the whole time I'm like Judy oh Ellen, God. and then. And then uh, Jesse M, a buddy of mine, yeah, he's like, dude, yeah. dude, hold on, hit stop, hit stop, because it was a tape back then. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. we stop it, and he's like, what are you saying? And I'm like, Judy Ellen, right? He's like, no, dumbass, it's UB Ellen. And I was like, holy shit, I got that. Completely. Dude, I gave you credit for diving yourself out on that. That is absolutely uh, freaking hilarious. I was a dumb kid back in the day. Well, I mean, if you look at any of the if you look at any of the top lists of rap, Run DMC's all over the shit on that shit. You know what I mean? You can't go wrong with DMC, man. And and they actually. Uh, kind of mixed in like the heavy metal guitar sound at times like king of rock if you think of that song oh yeah it was just a guitar riff yeah so i yeah. mean they tried they were successful with aerosmith and they were the the big hit with right? walk this way and all but, that yeah. um from the get-go they had guitars and it wasn't just like a drum machine and but scratch. that but that album the raising hell album, was raising was hell blew was up was blue it blew everything so out. what year was it was ninth grade i remember that but was it 86 or 85 what was that for us that would have been 84 85 okay so 85 86 something like that yeah in there yeah yeah i know so that was a huge uh, but even before that run dmc i was listening to them thanks again uh to marco i'd never heard of him until then but then once you heard of them they were everywhere right yeah right Right, right, you you even saw them on home turf 
<laughs> remember home turf oh yeah i remember that shit well so i'll bounce off of this because um he was very influential it's because that's when beatboxing started becoming a thing but dougie fresh oh dude I don't, I don't even have dougie fresh on mine but you're right dougie fresh was i mean him the, the make all those sounds that he was doing with his mouth and then doing that it right. was crazy man and him with right. and I'll, you know and i'll couple him because they kind of go hand in hand with slick rick him and slick rick doing the stuff that they were doing but um but yeah, Dougie Fresh, um, along with Slick Rick doing. Stuff, I mean, that stuff was badass, man. When their when their songs hit the radio, it was like you got on. You know, I wouldn't say I would say you get on the dance floor, but really in ninth grade, you just kind of <laughs> hung out on the wall and hope that maybe you'd got a dance in or not. But <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Dougie Fresh, six minutes, Dougie Fresh, you're all. Yeah, Dougie uh, Fresh uh, was influential. I'm not gonna lie, and, and and he's. I think he's still around. I don't know if he's making music. Well, he did. He was. He would open up for Chris Rock. Remember for a while, Chris Rock was doing his comedy shows, and he, he would he have does a lot of MC work. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, at yeah, concerts yeah. Or he'll he'll speak. He won't rap. He'll you know. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. him on shows talking about the influential rap groups of the, of the that day. Granted, it was many years ago, but it was one of uh, Chris Rock's first comedy specials. I think it was at the Apollo. He brought Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh to open up for him before he did that. Definitely, uh, uh, you know, when we're talking about these early groups, you're definitely talking about that East Coast vibe, right? The totally. New York thing. So that well, that that's kind of where it was at, right? right. It wasn't well, until a little bit later. It was high school when you started hearing Ice T right. and all the other shit. But anyways, right. go ahead with some of your guys. So again, not in any particular order, but when I'm talking about influential rap groups and groups that I listen to religiously, even to this day, if they come on, I, I will bypass any other music and listen. You got to go with NWA. Yeah. NWA was uh, unlike anything at that moment that you had ever heard. And and it's ironic, right, because we're both cops, and, and they made it famous by the whole fuck the police thing and all that. But I got to be honest with you, man. What they what they did was cutting. Like, it, it just there was nothing like it. And you're going to hear me say that about a lot of these groups, but with them, absolutely, there was nothing like them before. They They paved the road for... All kinds of other, you know, quote unquote no, you're, gangster. You're right. right. I mean, they. Uh, <laughs> well, that was even late because so we're so we're obviously not talking about just the 80s. We're talking about everything. I mean, they they they're actually listed in the 80s, but it really goes into the 90s. Yeah. You know. Well, the, the when they, they got when they really blew up. The easier uh, was it easier said than done, or we want easy. Whatever the album was, yeah. easy, which I think actually came out first. That's the first one I remember. Yeah. Well, well, there was the first. Uh, well, I remember even the movie. It was like they came out with Easy Does It. Right. 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 But that then was when they came out with Straight Outta Compton, yeah. that all halt. Yeah. Uh, everything was on a stop, right? I mean, yeah. I, you remember uh, our buddy Art, you know, growing up, he was a new wave kind of guy, right? He was in a different kind of genre, and yeah. he would even listen to that in my car, and he would rap it word for word, you know? And it was just kind of funny yeah. to watch him bounce his head along. Well, and, the, and the, it was the music and the hook and the and just the way Ice Cube, they all rapped well, but let's be honest, Ice Cube's raps were amazing you know his lyrics yeah. verses whatever you call them all raps whatever but um if you're to believe uh the documentary that we saw right right out of compton if you're to believe that he could just come up with that rap you know when the cops allegedly harassed him in front of this recording studio in Torrance, sure. he just kind of wrote it down like, right if if he could do that i mean there's a certain art i i really uh, i don't have any reason to believe why he wouldn't i mean a lot of those guys do the freestyle and stuff anyways right that was like a thing so well, and you remember growing up, we'd go to dances or clubs or whatever, and there was always like a battle of the MC, and there was mm -hmm. always people trying to free flow, and you know that yeah. they they kind of helped that out. Yeah. Well, I'm sure this guy's on your list, and and it makes no sense, it makes no difference. But when he came out, when he was young, but then he came out with his uh his albums, bad, but Hello Cool J, dude, oh, yeah. he's he's he was he's that album, man. Oh my God, remember when that came out? How how huge walking with a panther dude was no, what it's no it was bad i think wasn't it uh oh, oh it was one bad yeah but he had yeah but he had um 
Oh man, going back to Cali was on yeah. that freaking. I need remember the, the I need love, dude. I remember Deary Vet. Oh yeah, <laughs> walking along with yeah, Deary yeah, Vet yeah, and, uh, yeah. But uh, I can't live without my radio. I mean, all the early stuff. Uh, I need radio inside my hand. Yep. I need a beat. Had like three or four remixes that I had on one side of a tape, and I would just listen to it on a loop. And yeah, we'd just listen to it all day. And I, I can remember honestly, uh, my sophomore year cutting school because uh, on the south side of town, next to Rayleigh's, there was a music stop shop. It was like a guitar shop, really tiny little stuff. Oh yeah, but they sold tapes. Yeah, and I, I remember, remember ordering mm-hmm. the LL. I think it was called Walking with a Panther. I'm not really sure. The cover of it is him with like a black panther. And, uh, well, the one that he, the one I'm talking, the one that had the bat on it was he, had, he was he was on it with the Corvette or something in the background or something like that. I can't even remember. We're, dude, Cool J, the the best album in my opinion is is Radio. Right, the cover of it was a box of JBC mm-hmm, Radio. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Cool J, he's next on my list. Even though, like I said, well, I then he came out when when he was when when then when he uh, was gone for a while and he came out with Mama said knock you out. Um, that, dude, that, lounging, all these, all, dude, stuff, all those the albums he came out with with Boys to Men later, yeah, like in the mid to late. He's 90s. badass, dude. Oh, cool, Jay's and, 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 and he's still cool, man. Any still... rapper that you talk to or you hear talk to, because I don't talk to many. Any rapper that you hear interviewed <laughs> on TV or whatever, they all pay homage to him. Like he, oh, yeah. he paved the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, well, and, um, he he was fit, and the ladies love Cool James, right? I mean, he he was badass, dude. So yeah, I'm with you on that. The, the DMC NWLL, I'm with you. My yep. next one, and uh, you may or may not. I know you like these guys. I don't know if you think they're influential, mm-hmm. but uh, Houdini to me was one of the greatest mm. in the '80s. They were on the radio. They were one of the first that crossed over, and you could hear uh, them on the regular. They radio were. Wave. I liked them, and uh, I wouldn't have thought of them. So you know, kudos to you for even bringing them up. I I don't. Yeah, there are influential, and I think there are those that would talk about. I think the key is too, and like you're saying, it, and it's, it's. I wouldn't even compare it to what's going on now, but the 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 ability to create the samples and the music that they were using, and it wasn't even samples. It was actually there. A lot of groups were using their. They were creating their own music. That's you know, Dr. Dre was doing that, where he was creating his own stuff. And then maybe adding little samples here and there, but really the music was original, you know, to what it was they're trying to do, and that's what made it kind of cool. It went, it went from playing, rapping to stuff that already existed, you know, and just putting samples to actually creating their own material. I was on top a big of fan of the DMC model where two guys would rap and they would finish each other's sentences. So it'd be like mm-hmm. one word from one guy, the next guy had the next word, but it all flowed. And and you know, DMC was the king of that. Yeah, but Houdini was right there with with Jalil and uh, rapper. Uh, Ecstasy, I think was his name. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Funky Beat, all these songs that you didn't really hear. You, you always heard Freaks come out at night, right? That was on the radio. <laughs> one Love was a big one for him, too. But uh, Five Minutes of Funk, dude, Yeah, you put that shit on. No, the they're good, so man. They're, you know, they're definitely could be on anybody's list. I think um, one that was always one of my, fr- my, my favorites, and it was I Go to Work, was one of my favorite songs. That Kumo he, D. Kumo D, man. Mm. He was the shit, dude. I, lo- I loved him. He just was. This is the way he represented, man. He just seemed like a mean ass, there tough was, son of a bitch. There were a couple of voices back then when I was, you know, when you and I were teens and rap was big in the eighties. There were a couple of voices that I'll, I'll name right now, but the, the voices you just knew that was the epitome of rap. Yeah. One of them was was Kumo D. His right. voice, he just flowed. The other one to me was Chuck D from Public Enemy. Yeah. When he rapped, you knew who the you fuck knew that who was. He was. Yep. And then obviously DMC. Yeah, like I, yeah. I, I knew when DMC was rapping and when Run was rapping. Yeah, like you knew the difference. And those yeah. three guys epitomized '80s rap, at least New York early. Style well, and this, and this, and not to jump ahead on what might be on your list and what whatever, but Eric, Eric B and Rakim, you know Rakim, mm-hmm. his not, voice not on my list. No, but, but his voice very unique too. Right, whenever he rapped, you knew it was him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So 
Yeah. No, but I agree. So so sticking to the list of, of groups, right. right? So we had DMC, NWA, LL, Houdini, and then you mentioned it earlier, breaking off from NWA was Dr. Dre. Yeah. Dre, early on with Wrecking Crew, you know, give me some juice, all that stuff. I used to listen to that on a loop, man. I mean, that was that was like... <laughs> Wrecking Crew. It oh was the goodness. L.A. beat when, when New York was a slow drum beat and a yeah. couple scratches here and there, and it was basically just like an MC and a beat. The Wrecking Crew came out. This is before NWA. This mm-hmm. is when they were wearing Jordache mm-hmm. jeans, and they had like the, the, the glam rock look going for, for rap groups. Right. Those songs were quick-paced, and they had like lasers shooting off, and yeah. they, that was the L.A. scene back early 80s. Well, let me let me tell you something, man. Um, so this group, it's not even they're not even on any, like any list that I've ever seen, to be honest with you. But I I bring them up be- not because they were such amazing rappers, not at all, but their uniqueness and the ability to push the envelope beyond its limits and to be the spokesperson for censorship um, was Two Live Crew. Okay, they're on my list. Okay, okay, good for you because they're not on anybody Actually, else's. They're on my very next uh, after Dr. Dre's. Oh, right. yeah, Two Life Crew, dude. Um, for the very the fact filthiest of filth when it came to rap. I mean, it for was the very fact that they pushed the envelope like nobody else had. Oh before, yeah, they got to be recognized as one of the most influential bands. Like, oh, like it was ridiculous. Luther Campbell, in my opinion, my most humble opinion, very he's smart. He, no, I think he's a dick. Right? <laughs> Just no, but he's no, but he was smart with. With his marketing plan and what he did. If, if you want to see some comedy, like at the time it was like tragic. People were looking on TV going, <gasps> like the gasps were. Yeah. Were, but right. if you want to see some comedy now in 2021, YouTube Two Life Crew on the uh, Donahue show. They came yeah. out and they did this routine. Oh, I'm, yeah. And the crowd, which was predominantly like middle class. Uh, white America. White folks, yeah. Were shocked. Like, oh, totally. It was completely crazy. But, they loved it. But we, as kids, loved it. Yeah. Loved it. So, That's yeah, so uh, funny. Yeah, but that, it was... Life. They were ridiculously filthy. I mean, and then they started getting top forty. They were so popular, they had to make right. they had to make censored versions of their songs because well, of that. And here's good. the thing: there, there was a very distinct New York beat that I keep talking about: the drum beat, the scratch, the the MC. That was it. That was it. Right. Then L.A. had uh, you know this quick beat and uh, more of like um, when N.W.A. came around, more about rapping about realism and what they thought was gangster rap. Right. 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 But Miami rap. Was just deep bass, danceable. Yeah, it was. It was what you highlighted in your truck or in your car if you <laughs> had a stereo. Like yep. every every other song was a Miami beat. Yeah, because Two Live made that happen. Yep, yeah. you're right. That's true. So my next one, I got. You'll know it because of me, but I'm I'm pretty sure that if it wasn't for me, you'd never have heard of this. Group. I, I would. And there be may surprised. be a lot of people listening right now that if you haven't heard this group, you're well, gonna. Have well, to I go told look you that you, you've had a few that. Um, You've had a few that I never would have heard of if you hadn't brought them in the fold, and I still don't think they're in the mainstream. But they're, it's got enough of a hook that when you do hear it, it's on some people's list. But. One of my all-time favorites, and and even when uh, Antonio used to let me like semi DJ <laughs> on his equipment, or if I'd go to a party and there was a DJ I knew, and I'd say, "Hey man, can you play it? Mantronics?" One of my all-time. Oh favorites. yeah, I would. I never would have known them without you. Yeah. W- one of my all-time. Needle to the groove, baseline, mm-hmm. any of that stuff. Needle. Look it up. right Well, now. okay. So I'll tell you this much. You knew you knew the songs, but you didn't know who it was because if you went to a house party, they were in the mix. They were in the mix, but you never knew who it was. You just thought that was the coolest thing. Needle to the groove, you know, it was all robotic voices and and they were all that they shit. were like a New Yorkerican, like a Puerto Rican New York group, mm-hmm. but they had the mixture of the dance Miami thing going with with the New York rap going. It, right. it was unlike to me. It was unlike anything I had heard at that time. Right, uh, but I, I and I loved it. And there used to be a radio station on out of Stockton, California. And late nights they would mix, and it was always—I think it was run by students at UOP. I'm not—I'm re- not even sure. Mm. But uh, they well, would remember always mix. Man, FM 102 
back in the day had all that stuff you know what i mean that was like the you know i don't know what they play now or if, if what, what they're even involved in now what their thing is but yeah no I, I don't think i ever would have known who it was i knew the music because you'd gone to parties and, and djs would play the material for mixes but i didn't know who they were if, if you're listening right now and you're kind of even semi-interested in 80s like influential music and rap hip-hop whatever you want to call it look up mantronics yeah check it X, out it's it's, 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 it's super it's Pretty cool. Needle to the groove, baseline. Any of those will get you. You'll remember it because you, no doubt, heard it somewhere along the way. Just didn't know who it was. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Well, another another super influential one, uh, and still he has he has songs that are several years old that still get major play at at house parties for dancing, and that's too short. Oh yeah. You know, blow the whistle. Still Right, right. How many years has that song been out? And it's still getting freaking. At least. <laughs> and people are playing it like it, it just came out. It's L- listen, crazy. I, we've heard. Uh, I, I I no longer remember what I've said on the show and what I've said just in our personal sure. <laughs> talks. But well, yeah. At 18, 19 years old, I remember working at the Trower Neighborhood Center mm-hmm. on Rocky Hill Road, right? Opening up the center, going, driving there on like a Sunday right. morning. And as I'm driving over the Monta Vista Depot, like Rock Markham area there, right. here comes this root beer brown four door Mercedes Benz with, uh, with gold spokes. Right, totally stuck out, mm-hmm. and it's too short. I guess the guy used to live in Vacaville for a real split second. Hey, either he lived or he had a girlfriend here, something like that. I remember hearing that, but he obviously has been in Vacaville, and it's, he's he's not a stranger to the. So, to the so and, he, and he's and he's rapped with, and he's put Vacaville in the, in yeah, his songs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just another day, just another day in Vacaville. Yeah. Right. So any, but yeah, but he was very influential because he was out of Oakland. I'm glad you brought that up because he's not on my list. And to be honest with you, he didn't. I don't even think he made any of my lists. But I, that's not to say I didn't love Too Short. No, but that's well, not to say but here's the thing. That, well, that's what I'm saying is is you're gonna bring up people that I'm like oh, like Houdini. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have even thought of him, but I loved him. You know what I mean? But right. it's just there's so much. There's so many amazing artists out there, dude. That we'll probably get done with this and then think of shit later and go, Oh man, I should have brought this up or brought, you know what I mean? Because that's just, that's just how it is. So know? there's a lot of rap groups out there right now that people don't like because they're obscene or whatever. You right. know? So we, we talked about NWA and how they, they rapped about what was going on in right. the South central streets, but too short with freaky tales early on. Like, Oh dude, it was huge. He rapped about just getting laid and this, that, yeah. and he put it to a rhyme and he put it to a funky beat. And yeah. Too short was a shit. If you ask me, man. No, oh. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm with I'm, you. I'm a fan. I, he didn't make my list. I don't know why, but I'm a fan. My next one, you know this with me, probably my all-time favorite rapper. And and I don't know why, because he's not as good as some of the other groups we've already named, but just he it's strikes. Who you, it's who you like, though. He strikes a chord with me, and that's Rodney O. Dude, I'm with you. Rodney O. Joe Cooley, man. Loved Rodney O. Yeah. back in the day. Well, you you would introduce me to him with Everlasting Bass, and because you had that stereo that you know Boom. it had all the bass in it so you're like oh this is the perfect song for that so that's how i got introduced to him and and uh i love his shit i, I try to I, I have my kids listen to him because they never heard of him i mean right. as much as we've raised our kids on our material and they know our songs they don't know all the songs right i yeah. I, I don't go hey nicole brandon listen to two life crew or hey nicole brandon listen to, <laughs> that's <laughs> never happened but right. but rodney and joe cooley was was a was they i brought that up with them one day i go this is i think we we're downstairs when they were home on a break and I was like, Oh, this was the share here and I was playing all that stuff and and they're actually kinda like, Okay, you know, and uh Rodney I'm all, you don't hear me though. Dude, uh, do, 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 do. Humps for the Oh boulevard. dude, yeah, dude all like all oh, dude, this was when you put this in a car stereo and pump, that was the shit. Dude. Back in the day everyone had woofers and had oh, yeah. like, bass was the sound it you were was. looking for. And Rodney yeah. O epitomized it. Rodney O had the dance beat, he had the 
L.A. vibe to him. He yep. has that funky. Yeah, uh, Rodney Joe Cooley was the shit, dude. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rodney Joe Cooley. Yep. General Jeff in there for a good measure, but yep. uh, one of my all-time favorites, if not my all-time favorite rapper, just because he strikes a chord with me. My next one, along the same uh, lines, because it's the same genre and, and uh, did the whole L.A. dancing, but that's Egyptian Lover. Dude, I was... Okay, the first of all, you need to get the hell out of my head. I'm tired of that it's shit. Lonely in there, dude. It's lonely, but you know, it's like I'm reading my effing mind, Meryl. I've got my list right. In my I do. I was seriously going. Oh, I love Egyptian Lover, man. Egypt, Egypt. A lot of people, and you know, he did Uncle Ted's Army, and uh, like he he rapped under a bunch of different pseudonyms too, and they were all the same beat. Yeah, but I didn't care, man. His beat was what don't, made don't, it. His beat, and I remember distinctly being it uh, again. I'm going to bring up the guy that, that <laughs> called me out on Judy Ellen and UB Ellen, Jesse M. I remember being at his house for a dance. That he had like a party at his house. He had yeah. a front yard that had like yeah. a like a cement dance. And I remember hearing uh, "What Is a DJ?" That was like my first mm. recollection mm. of of Egyptian Lover. What is a DJ? If you, you know, oh I dude, remember it, hearing that. Going, it was his stuff shit. was super cool. Nah, 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 nah. And we can't yeah. forget like the prophetic right where he met his girlfriend at the uh, uh, lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> God, you gotta love that. Yeah. So he's a lyrical genius. Yeah, I, I, that's so. So that rounds out my top ten of my personal influential. Well, I'm a little surprised you didn't put this group because this was very uh, profound for us our sophomore year of high school. I know where you're going with this. Beastie Boys. Yeah. But here's the thing, and I've got look. Don't give me here's no, the thing. No, here's the thing, man. I've got them in my albums, but not on my top ten because to me is as influential and as great as the Beastie Boys were, and they were great. They're hella influential though. But License to Ill is really the only album I ever liked. Even the okay, stuff that came okay, after. that you liked. Okay, fair enough. No, okay, I'm saying you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. They're influential. They're but great. They're, they're, but they're awesome. well, License to Ill. Okay, but if you were to look at your entire list. That License to Ill album blows out some of those albums that are on there right now. You may be right. You may be right. It, th- that's Carl, what, what, what other group of dudes like that that brought... You want to talk about bringing in rock and roll, a guitar, and different music style and vibe and, 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 and approach to music, to rap, was those guys. Holy shit, man. They Remember that? Dude, I, I saw... Um, Remember the song Slow and Low? Slow oh, yeah. Slow and Low, that, that is, is the, the tempo. tempo. So mm-hmm. that song was written for DMC. And I saw an mm. interview, because if you remember, DMC, Houdini, and Beastie yes, Boys went yes, on tour together. Yes, The song was written for DMC, and DMC himself said, we didn't we didn't think it was going to be good enough for us because we didn't like that slow tempo, so we thought, these guys are new, let's give it to them. Right, they right. could do the three-part, you know, not a harmony, but the three rappers. Yeah. And they decided at the last minute to throw some of their own lyrics in to make it their own so it wouldn't sound like DMC. So I don't remember what the original lyric was supposed to be, mm-hmm. but the Beastie Boys added... White Castle fries only come in one size, mm. and you hear that in like the intro verse. Yeah, yeah. But they did shit that was just like every kid that grew up in the East Coast that was that age could relate to it. Yeah, right. That's the shit they were doing. They were wearing like their phys ed shirt and yeah, videos. Yeah, and, you know stuff like that. We didn't re- we didn't know what a White Castle was at eighteen or something. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no clue. But uh, the Beastie Boys were the shit. Don't get me wrong. I listen to License to Ill to this day from beginning to end. There's not yeah. one song on there I fast forward. Super badass, dude. They were they were freaking awesome. And, and they did. They were influential. They're rock and roll hall of famers, I guess. You know the whole nine yards. Oh, I yeah. just, I I couldn't. As much as I love them, I couldn't put them up there with the other groups that were actually yeah. very influential to me. Yeah. Well, so you brought up Egyptian Lover, which I give you mad props for doing because I that came into my head and I was like, oh man, that was super cool. But um, but another. You know, we've talked about him before, but MC Hammer is another one that was huge. Yeah. 
Um, dude, we I don't mind being we've, I know we we no, but we brought I don't mind. Well, dude, let's people can say whatever they want about right, him right. now. It's easy to hate on him now because of what he did. But let, let's think about this for one second with that dude. That dude made so much money. He tried to employ all these people in Oakland that that needed the money that he was trying to give back to his community. I by hiring no by, by employing all these fuckers right and all it all it did is end up he got he was poor you know mm-hmm. with poor management of his money um never kept on top of his shit you know he probably would have you know he pro- unfortunately for him he probably thought the money was going to last forever right well that mistake number one but you know two he was you know bleeding out money we've been to his shows yeah you we've saw been his, we've been to his biggest of big shows we've oh been to the lowest of the low yeah and but the biggest of big dude was one of the best shows to this day, one of the best shows I've ever seen in, yeah, in concerts. Yeah. I mean, one of the most amazing entertaining. Concerts. Oh my god, he, he was the whole package. He was an entertainer. Oh and, my and, god, and I'll, I'll even go as far as to say that if if someone were to lift me up from this location today and drop me off on some tropical island and tell me that for the next ten years I can only listen to a certain handful of songs, Ringham would be on there. <laughs> it's one <laughs> yeah. of the first raps I heard of his that I absolutely loved, man. And, yeah, you know, and I've told you this. I said it on the show. I met him uh, at the warehouse. Yeah record and tape store at the mm-hmm. Fairfield Mall. He was handing out uh, the album to me, showing me that who he was. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm a big Hammer fan, and a lot of people will say, oh, he sold out. or he. Th-. I don't give a shit. Back in the day, he was an entertainer. I loved I all say whatever stuff. they want, man. He knew, he knew he was trying to make money. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? And, and, props and, to Hammer. Well, like I said, we, and we've talked about this on other shows. Our regret was going to see him at Cash Creek. <laughs> that, <laughs> that was a big that mistake. Wasn't his that ever. was a big mistake, dude. That was big mistake. Yeah, when when and and what was what sad is it was one of his worst songs in my opinion, but it ended up being his biggest hit on the radio, and that's that damn Adams Family freaking song. I hated that song. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. And I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this probably. I wasn't a big fan of like his prayer songs. Like every album, he no, yeah. It wasn't that I hated him. I just wasn't a big fan of. Him. I think he was just he was just kind of changing, you know, his approach and his style and his vibe and stuff. And it, it's still he kind of became more mainstream. That's when I think they started calling him a sellout and all that stuff. But it, it is what it is, whatever. But um, I, I dug him. So yeah, he, he was he, not on my he list. He was he was super huge. Um, you've got uh, Ice T was one. Okay, so are, are we going into that now, or what are we doing? What are we doing right now? Well, I was going to go into just songs. It well, you broke it. You broke it. Well, I'm just broken down like rap artists that I like. Okay. I don't really give a shit. So okay. Ice T, he was very influential, and when he started coming out and doing his thing, um, so I, I actually remember we to grew Ice-T. up. We, let's be honest, dude. We grew up in Vacaville, man. Right. So, you know, we were that when they did the documentaries on NWA and all these gangster rappers, we were those. Those stereotypical, you know, white kids, Hispanic kids, whatever, that lived in a community of um, predominantly white community. Dude, we were that, who they were targeting. Let's be honest. Yeah, we were because no, you know, the reality was is we loved we loved the music, but yeah. we didn't know freaking shit about. I didn't know shit about the streets of L.A. What it was like to grow up and, in Compton and, and freaking rap then, hustling and all the other shit. Rap back then wasn't what rap is now or what they consider hip hop now. Like everything now is either auto tuned or sampled or, yeah. or it's just it's just kind of stupid, right? I yeah. mean, if you ask me, I, I don't. See I'm, I I struggle with it, but then we we're probably sounding like our parents, you know, yeah. did with us when we had our stuff. But the difference being when we listened to rap like late seventies when it was you know the Sugar Hill Gang and all, yeah. <laughs> it was it was never heard yeah. before. Like yeah. this was brand new. This was yeah. our music because it was our generation. Now your kids, yeah. my kids, kids growing up, they got hip hop and they got their own you know superstars. Whatever, I'll give them credit. A lot of the but music is very edge. digitized, and that's what I think you're getting at. Is it's not 
it's not well it's not new is what i'm saying well that well it's new but it's not think it's, about like in the 50s when rock and roll hit and the the parents uh, were yeah. like oh my god this is something we've never heard of these guys are gyrating you know elvis is on, is shaking his hips it was unheard of and those kids adapted to it and they they loved it they they accepted it as something that their well, generation you know what you know what cracks you up and, and that's what and, rap was for and us. we're getting a, a, a little bit off the actual topic goal of what we were talking about for the today's podcast. But you, when I when I was telling you, I was watching the, the series just nineties on Netflix and they, each episode has to do with music in the nineties artists or stuff that was influential. And one of the episodes was all about the guy that, um, developed and created autotune mm-hmm. and how that came yeah, to be. Yeah. And then they ended up in a big part of the interview in the episode was with T pain who, mastered what autotune was and used it to his advantage and everybody assumed he he couldn't sing because he was using autotune but obviously if you've heard the guy sing he's an amazing singer he has an amazing voice problem was is he was trying to find something different like you're talking about you know something different something unique and he he figured out that hey if you use autotune and you dial it to this number zero it will tune you on the fly. So when he sang in those songs, like Sherrod actually started it. That song, I Believe in Love, uh, yeah, I know. that actually was the first time it was ever used that way. And the, the guy who wrote the song would try to pretend that that wasn't what it was. It was like there's some bunch of bullshit. But then T-Pain did a bunch of research, found it. My, my point to all this is that you had an artist who, who wrote the material, had good songs, and used autotune to create a sound that was just unique. And he was devastated because he got he had a meet, uh, discussion with Usher who told him, you know, you've ruined music for all of the rest of us that can actually sing. And he, and he, and he actually was like, I really bugged me because I wasn't, that's not what I was trying to do. And then I started really questioning myself. Did I really do that? You know, cause now you don't, now you don't hear his stuff anymore. He kind of got blackballed mm, a little bit maybe. because people, you know, were talking shit about the autotune thing. But then if you look at all the artists that were doing it, Britney Spears, rock stars that can't sing now, because their voices are shot, right. auto tune on the fly in concert. Right. You can tell, no, you but no one gives it. a shit because they just want them to sound good. I just want to be entertained. Yeah, I get it. You know, so anyway, go ahead. All right, man. So I'm going to go back to my um, my paper here that okay. I wrote my list on. So we've gone the the groups. We did the top ten that we both think are influential. Now I'm just going to go into some singles. All right, right? doesn't have to be a group, okay. just a single. Got but it. the first one for me. Not the first time I'd heard this guy, but the first song that I heard that I went, holy shit, dude, this guy's on to something. And everyone gives credit to NWA. Some people give credit to this guy out of Philly. I think his name was Spoonie G, who did a, a gangster rap in okay. the East Coast back in the day. But to me, Six in the Morning, Ice-T. Yeah. One of the baddest songs ever that tells a story. Six like You listen to what he's at saying. My door. He's, he's telling you a story of what it's like to be a hood, right? Yeah. I mean, it, that was real gangster shit back in the day. And that was for him. If you've seen any interviews... Um, that he did back in the day. Remember the VH1s behind the music? Oh, yeah. I Those were the best. Yeah. Those were the best. I wish they still did them. I, I, to this day, man, I hear that song, and uh, I mean, I just I just love the flow. My first Ice T album bought at the flea market. Yeah, I know. I was probably with you. Yeah, you probably Dog in the Wax was my first one. Oh, my God, dude. I was like, I, I had, um, I bought an Ice T and a Dokken. <laughs> and side A was really side B, and side B was Completely really side A. Completely two different genres. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I was, you know, I don't yeah. remember how much we paid for them, but it was like, and they were like four, four, five. The recording bucks. sucked like hell because it was. Well, six in the morning market. for me, dude. When you listen, you know, I got a knot in my pocket weighing at least a grand. You know, I, I, it, you just listen to it and you're like, dude, he's telling a story. Okay, man. so we we're talking about voices, right? Yeah. Oh, that guy's voice. When he raps, you know it's Ice T. When he was part of the syndicate early on, yeah, Rhyme Syndicate. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you, well, no, I just, I, I, you're, you, I love, I love 
artists that when you hear them, you know exactly who it is. They have right. such a unique voice um, and style or sound that you, they can't be confused with anybody else. I like that. And, and he's again, one of them. dude. Certain times, I, I like the voice. I like the, everything wraps up, but sometimes the lyrics are what what grips you. Right. And, and he had a he had a lyric in that song where he says, um, "Looked in the mirror, what do we see? Fucking blue lights, LAPD." Yeah. And you hear that? You're just like you just feel like you're in that guy's car. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, dude, that no, he was badass, dude. Yeah. So, six in the morning, iced tea is is remember one hustler. Time. Oh yeah, hustler, new Jack hustler oh, yeah, from dude. the movie. Yeah. 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 That, yeah, bulletproof. I yeah. die harder than Bruce Willis. Oh, I mean, his lyrics. Yeah, were on point he was badass, then. man. I mean, he's I, in my opinion, he's he's lost a little bit good. over the years, but back in the day, well, he's shit. He's you know he's older now. He's he acts. He's acting and right. If you can call it that, but hey, yeah, so, whatever uh, that is. My next one, dude. Because I don't. Do you have any? No, you go, yeah. man. So my next one, and you're gonna love this one because we played this one when it's <laughs> when it stopped. We rewound. Oh, it. Back in the day when you had a tape deck on the in the car that would rewind and stop on the song or fast forward. Mine so. was only forward only. <laughs> I had to forward and then flip well, the Well, thanks tape. to the sound mill in Vacaville, I had a pretty badass stereo <gasps> system. Good old sound but, mill. But uh, on Broadway, Sir Mix-a-Lot. Oh, dude. How did we forget with or without, that guy? With or without the Godzilla remix. I don't give a shit. That dude, song right there. No. The he, epitome You know what? School. Yeah. Yeah. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Shout out to that dude. He had a whole bunch of hits. Oh, straight up. Some that didn't make the radio. Him. Just good shit back in the day. No, he was, he was. Okay, again. Another voice, right? Another right. unique uh, uh, delivery. Another, another, just a style and voice that it, how he did stuff. Mm-hmm. Always, um, I mean, you got "Baby's Got Back." Man, that's a, a song that lives in infamy. No, that everybody knows that song. Still, I, to this one day. of my favorite rap songs of all time is "Ripping" by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Never made the radio. Not, it's just one of my favorite songs. I just love the quick beat, the deep bass, his his, his ability to just intermix the. Well, the you know, and 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 it introduced us to kid sensation for mm-hmm. when he was out for like about a minute but he had mm-hmm. some cool shit too for about a minute yeah. you know and part of the emerald city uh, Posse. yeah that yeah. was pretty badass yeah so that, that's what good call my next one is the first rap song i ever learned all the words to as a, as a maybe sixth grade kid maybe seventh but i learned every word of this rap because i was fascinated with it that's jam on it by nucleus mm. fucking one of my favorites if not the favorite single i just you know what that now that you're bringing that up i think it's fair to say that every kid when that song came out worked hard at trying to learn the lyric because that was like a very popular song that was a great song man great song i i i, dun, 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 I bought albums dun. from nucleus dun, and dun, unfortunately dun, dun, the dun, albums dun. weren't that good but that song oh yeah fucking well, come of, on let's let, i mean we don't even want to go over a one-hit wonder right i mean there's there's artists out there that right. freaking well, you some know of my songs may be a one-hit wonder i don't know yeah. well, i'm just telling you that that one right there that is a i'm good looking one. at these top 10 of just singles that, mm-hmm. that influenced me when I say influence, I mean these are groups that I'll put on my playlist when I'm driving to Southern Cal or I'm driving far distance. This is what I'm listening to, right? Right. So jam on it definitely. My next one, great group, great voices, encapsulated that particular period of time when rap was like Yo MTV raps after mm-hmm. school and all that shit. And that's you got to chill by EPMD. <laughs> Fucking loved that song. Oh, dude. Love that song. Mm. EPMD. Dun, 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 you dun, remember dun, what it stands dun, for? Dun, dun, dun. I don't remember that. Eric and Paris making dollars. Oh, I didn't remember that. <laughs> Dude, EPMD was a shit. I'm like you Zorro. I'll chill. mark an E on your back. That shit to me was like uh, just upper echelon shit right there, dude. You couldn't get better than that. Well, so I mean, so I can throw a song in there that that's another one that always that was one of those that you know, De La Soul, man, me, myself, and I. That was De La Soul was a, dude, was but, ahead of their time. But that 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 song 
you listen to the lyrics, it was freaking badass, it dude. Was, you know, was. and it was very unique. The sound was awesome. And when they when you heard it, man, you can't help but mm-hmm. again another song that I listen to now, and I could close my eyes and it'll take me back to where I was when that was being played. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Bugle boy, acid wash jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that kind of shit. Oh my I'm, god! I'm just saying that—that's the kind of thing that these songs do for me. For man. sure. Back. Uh, my next one may not be popular with you, but um, friend of the show, Timmy G. I know he'll like this, and I—it's I, just—it's very militant. It's very gangster, not gangster like N.W.A., but just you go just, public enemy. Yep, it goes for the throat and it just rips the jugular. Black Steel, Public Enemy. Mm. I don't know if you know that particular song. I don't know the song. Um, uh, you know, obviously, um, Fight the Power was a little popular yeah. one. Yeah. You know, 911, right. which was the Flavor Flav Thanks. cameo. How low can you go? Yeah, how low can you go? I, look, I wasn't as big a Public Enemy fan as, as Timmy G, friend of the show. He's talked to me about it. That was one of his all-time faves. Right. Um, I knew who Public Enemy was. We all did. You'd have to be like an ostrich. You know, you had to, but you had to kind of be... <sighs> It was too New York for me. At it was a time. very political too. It was a lot it of was. political stuff, and I but know for me, me it was like eh. it was too New York at a time that I was too L.A. Mm. Right early yeah, on, it. all the old Run DMC, all and that it was, was New York. it was too New York for I mean, at, the two, at the time for me. I was too Cowtown. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but before when I leave tonight, dude, like listen, don't just listen to the beginning and cut it out. Listen to the whole thing, dude. It's it's a hardcore jam, man. But uh, I believe you. I really love that song from Public Enemy, man. Uh, next one would be Boys in the Hood by N.W.A. I think that helped put them on the map. All their shit put them on the map, but that one right kind of like propelled them. Like, that shot them forward. Yeah. No. That. 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 Yeah. That goes without saying. So we'll, I'll just go. I mean, that that was that was the jam. The next one is the Beastie Boys, man. Brass Monkey. It wasn't a house party <laughs> you went to that you Dude. didn't hear Brass Monkey? Well, okay. So we're back to the. Okay, that that's where you've got songs from an artist that. Okay. You got you got to fight for your right to party, right? That was another one. The entire license to girls, Ill. girls, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, no, right? Remember that? Every or song on license to Ill Paul Revere. My kid, my my <laughs> youngest kid knows every this is word a story of that song. I've got to tell about three. That's 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 dude. a fucking weird thing when your youngest kid. Oh, dude, I know. Is rapping word for word a song that you grew but up. But that's to. but that's what I'm saying is that with certain exceptions, and I know we're not the exceptions to the rule. We I know that they're. I think it's almost a rite of passage. Anybody like us that grew up in the 80s um, and early to mid 90s that listened to that material, raised their kids on that material, you know you did. So all our kids in that are in their early 20s right now, early to mid 20s, all of them probably know the songs that we grew up listening to because I, I almost guarantee if you did your job right. If you did if you As raised if you did your good yeah, if you were a good parent because I'm telling you right now our music, just like music it, it before, paved it really paved the it really paved the way for a lot of material, a lot of styles, a lot of genres. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, man. Because I mean, uh, Beastie Boys, that album, like you said, there isn't a bad song on it. No, that's got to be um, one of the all time greatest. And that's one that whenever generation. it comes on, like you said, if a song like that comes on, you can sing it the whole thing right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you're freaking almost you're 50 years old, and you can sing the whole damn song. I- I'm telling you, that song, that album, period. Brass Monkey be- was. Retired, huge. <laughs> yeah, no. Brass uh, Monkey was here. So I remember like I when said, we bought Brass Monkey at the freaking liquor store. I was like, right? "Oh, we got Brass Monkey!" Right? And then you taste it, you are like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like shit." It tastes like shit. <laughs> Give me some of that censored on the beach instead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So okay, so move on. Yes, I, obviously, we yes, agree yes. on it. The next one for me, man, huge, huge, influential because I just loved the fucking flow. Kind of dirty, but fucking danceable, and kind of just grind. 
was Freaks of the Industry by Digital Underground. Oh, yeah. Fucking the freaks of the My head industry. under her leg, under her arm, under her, her toe. toe. You just couldn't make that shit up. And when Make you heard it, you were like, go. what? Like, how did they get away with saying this shit? Well, because it wasn't just like Freaky Tales from Too Short was never played on the radio. You're right. You knew it from the hood. Or you're you right. knew it from yeah. just the, the neighborhood that you yeah. were in. But Freaks of the Industry was played on the radio, and you're like, how are they getting away with this? That shit was just incredible. Well, and you know, they were huge. You know what I mean? Because they had, you know, Humpty Dance. They had um, a Get Around. That's where Tupac got his right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Shock G, it's sad that you know that he passed, man. Just recently, yeah. yeah. No, but so so, and I actually saw them uh, in concert once years ago, and they they were entertaining because they were they were like a train wreck on the stage. Did you ever see? Um, remember Night at the Apollo, and you had yeah. like the days where Steve Harvey hosted and yeah. Sinbad, and uh, well, there was a I don't remember who the host was. I think it was Mark Curry. Remember Mark Curry? I do. So he was hosting it, and it, it go, look it up on YouTube when you think about it. it a digital go on the Apollo. They Shock G and, and two of the other dudes, I don't know who they are. They come out and they're like in costume, but you don't know this. They right. look like and they look like they're yeah we're 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 coming. They do they rub the the thing and we're here to do this one. They're always like, okay, we'll get out there. And they come out there and they'll do it. and it's like this really dorky rap and they're all boom you know and they turn that. they turn around and they freaking and they kind of duck down and they also drop their their uh, cloak. And the curtain drops, and, it's, and the crowd, right? And they killed it, dude. It was badass. I, d- I dude. do remember that. I actually. was like, "That is badass." That was man. an iconic moment there. Oh, dude, it was, it was just bad because they were oh, they were Oakland, right? And they were freaking in New York at the Apollo, right? Bringing the house down, dude. When they when everybody saw it was them, they, they just were, went nuts. In my opinion, different altogether, but very similar to De La Soul. They were just a different cut right right unique they, they had their own style but if you closed your eyes and didn't look at what you're looking at on stage and just listen to the music man they were on point they were yeah on point. i'm with you dude so okay yeah i'll go with that so th- so that's eight uh, i have nine and ten here all right go ahead. paid in full by eric b and rakim yeah that's just a no i'm with you on awesome that awesome song yeah right and and really it's only like 30 seconds of rap and mm-hmm. the rest is just all instrumental with yeah. this like arabic like singing in the background but mm-hmm. man that beat has been sampled time and time again oh like totally Millie Vanilli, everybody yep. They were just uh, a cut ahead with that particular song. Um, not a, well, not my huge. ignorance when they first came out and became popular, you I thought who was who. I thought Eric B was the right. rapper and Rakim. I didn't know which but I that, always. But I learned that it wasn't uncommon that the DJ was always named first and That's the rapper why was second. I, I didn't know that that the Fresh Prince did that album. He's the DJ. I'm the MC. yeah. I, I always thought in the back of my mind that's why because everyone knew like who the uh, fuck is. It? That's funny. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know that. So n- number ten on the list of of just singles. Has got to be whether you like it or not. You got to accept the fact that this is probably what started it all, right? Not, I'm not talking about the Sugar Hill Gang because I wasn't a huge fan yeah, of that, right? Right. But Planet Rock by Africa Bamba. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up earlier, but I realized I don't know why I didn't. But basically, started it all for that that genre of music. Well, think about how many different mixes were done of that song. Oh yeah, remember twelve the twelve minute mix, the freaking, you know what I mean? The how long that song. And you know get. they sampled it from Kraftwerk, which I've always been a huge fan of, mm. from the Tour de France song. Oh yeah, yeah. No one really knows that unless you're a hip hop enthusiast. Yeah, but sure, and they they put their own, don't get me wrong. Look, the Tour de France by Kraftwerk was a cool song, but it was just a cool song. When Africa Bombada did it and did Planet Rock, it was just fucking just all world right, right, right. That was the shit. You can't you can't deny that. You don't have to be an Africa Bombada fan. You don't even have to be a Planet Rock fan to know that that song is influential beyond sure. most. Sure, so. I'm with you on that. So yeah, that's those are my ten singles. Uh, if you got any you want to talk, about. no, I dude, I think mentions. I think I mean we could we could go around and around about all kinds of different stuff. I mean, you you we could talk about Tone Loke, who was influential for about a minute because he had some hits, but he wasn't like a lyrical genius or well, he didn't write any of his shit. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't like an original 
Marvin Young wrote it all for him. That was uh, Young MC. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know that what that that's funny that we we have, well, that may be a, a time or a topic for another day, but um, that's one of those things that people forget about that a lot of these guys wrote for other dudes. Yeah, and they didn't have to freaking. Uh, so they didn't write their own shit. My honorable mentions. I'll just go down the list, and y- if you want to, if you want right, to comment, comment. So this is just honorable mention, but I really think these songs. Uh, if you haven't heard them, if you're out there listening to rap for the first time or hip hop. You got you got to Google this stuff because these things are fucking ridiculously mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Mine is playing tricks on me by the Ghetto Boys. Mm. Fucking dope. <laughs> to this day, I'll listen to that and I'll be like, "How is this song timeless? Timeless." Listen to it back then, and you're like, "Dude, this is badass." You listen to it now, you're like, "This still cuts." Like that. That was the shit. My next me one, me and Ghetto Boys are trick or treat, and that's the one. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just means we're talking a lot. Wow, look at that, man. So that was just to uh, wake you guys up. My next one, dude. You got to. They go won't hear one. what you just talking about. Something that no one's gonna hear, but that's okay. Is it cut off? I just muted it, and I'll. No, no, oh, you're. I got you. I'm I saying got you. the music. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We had a. We so had what? What you guys? So we talked so much this time that our our we didn't mute our music, and it came on while we were talking, and and Walt was apologizing for what you're not going to hear. So. Technical difficulties. It's all good. Okay, next one: the Untouchable Force Organization (UTFO). Roxanne, oh. Roxanne. Mm. Mm. Right. Yep. Maybe I, I I said earlier that Nucleus was the first rap I learned all the words to, but thinking about it right now, it may have been Roxanne. Roxanne. Roxanne, Roxanne right. Uh, uh, and and some there was four rappers in there. You had to learn all their parts, man. And that was some <laughs> that was some tricky ass shit. But Roxanne, Roxanne started the whole diss thing, right? Dissing people. Yeah. On, on, yeah. On Max, at least in my opinion. Uh, Brand new funk. I mentioned that earlier by uh, Fresh New Prince, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Fresh Prince, Jazzy Jeff. Mm-hmm. Brand new funk is still one of the baddest songs I've heard, and it didn't get a whole lot of love back in the day. Yeah. Um, well, it, it, now because you're talking about songs now, right? So right. that that's going to be subjective. You know what I mean? Right. Just based on who you are and what you like. So we already mentioned Freaky Tales by Too Short. That's right. one of my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. The next one is uh by a DJ, another LA Compton guy who uh you know, a lot of people knew, but I don't think a lot of people gave him a lot of credit cuz I think he wrote raps for other groups and he actually put beats together for other groups. But uh DJ Quick tonight. Oh yeah, I liked DJ Quick. Yeah. shit right there, man. Well, so we'll throw some honorable mentions in there because they're not they're not they're not anything I would like go out of my way to listen to, but they were influentials, but that's what I'm talking about. Um, Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five, mm-hmm. the Maggie Mel mix, mm-hmm. you know, that was a big one. Um, you did have the Treacherous Three, the new rap. They did their things. Um, Stet Sonic, you know, you Stet had. That was big. Yeah, they were, they're big. Um, but, they're, but again, they weren't people that I, you know. Right, I didn't go out of my way. Be- because, again, dude, I, and I, I'm not trying to say this to sound cocky, but early on, like early 80s, when we were young, 13, yeah. 12, maybe 14, the New York rap sound was all that rap was. But when I moved on, and we were now high school age, 17, 18-year-old kids, right. the L.A. beat, the Miami beat, even some Midwest rappers were getting involved, and it was a whole different sound, and the New York thing just kind of passed me by. I wasn't into it anymore. So when well, you talk about the Treacherous Three, when you talk about even the Fat Boys who had some memorable songs, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's early 80s, and that's okay, but when I look at the whole decade of the 80s, that New York rap scene just kind of stayed behind while everyone else in my opinion progressed and moved forward so you had boogie down productions remember that was a big east coast thing yeah, you know because karis one was considered uh, to be one of the best guys right you know right. hopefully no one would kill me on this i wasn't like a huge fan i mean he was a lyrical 
a genius. I, I mean, he could say you. stuff, but I wasn't a big fan of the Never out. purchased yeah, one album. Even, even when they did I'm Gonna Get You Sucker with the, the Wayans Brothers and they made that movie, that was his, that's who he used in the movie as his band. Remember? Like, that was oh, I remember. The, yeah, that was, Boogie Down was their thing. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, really, that's, those are a lot of the, the lists that I had, the people that I've looked up and just kind of refresh my memory. You got Salt and Pepper. You got all these other, you know, bands that had their moments in the sun that Salt were Salt and Pepper were huge, man. Female rappers, yeah. right? Like, they, they really, and they crossed over onto well, the they're Well, they scene. still do good, right? I mean, they right. still, when they were touring with the boy bands, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the new kids on the block and all those guys. But um, So what about uh, Ain't No Future in Your Front by MC Breed? Oh. It was a great song. Yeah, man. you know, shining up good, roll it through yeah. my neighborhood. Well, what's the one guy who sang? Uh, I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a ball. Skilo. Yeah, I mean that was a great song too. There's a oh, lot that, of great songs. One hit wonder, really. But, but yeah, uh, but it was a great song. Yeah, you hear it and people know what it is, man. Well, Breed was a big one. That one. Yeah, uh, he he's passed away. So did he? Oh yeah. Oh, dude. I uh, so, Ringham, I mentioned earlier by Hammer, one of my all-time favorites. I don't know if it's just nostalgia to me or if it's just the, the melody, but I really love that. Well, song. I think what I liked about the early Hammer stuff is it was that's when brag rap was the thing, and he talked about what a badass he was the whole time. You know what I mean? And, and, and how backed he, it up. And backed it up, yeah. So, so what he was saying, I liked it, like, yeah. you can't back me out. You can't come after me on the show. I'll eat you up. Like, he yeah. was right. Yeah. No, um, that, was a good, that was a good album. This next one, dude, very controversial if you've listened to the words and if you know the story or if you think you know the story of the whole East Coast, West Coast thing, but Hit Him Up by Tupac is mm. one of the all-time greatest yeah. fucking, like, in-your-face fucking yeah. songs. Right? And then my last one, I'm going to get some shit for this, but this is mine, right? So, uh, And everyone will say, oh, he was a bandwagon. He was a... Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. It was one of the baddest fucking songs. How many times did you and I drive up to Chico in my Mitsubishi Mighty Max and just rewind that song mm-hmm. every time we were driving down the main drag yeah. or, you know, yeah. to turn it up so people could hear? That that song took, I think it was 1992? Something around there? Maybe Something 91? like that, yeah. Maybe even been well, so there's an artist, as we're talking, that, that I feel has to be mentioned because talk about influential is Ice Cube. Yeah, I don't. Even, I don't even know why we even talk about him. He he. You think about like if you even revisit the Straight Outta Compton movie, you know what I mean, and revisit even though they give you a summary of all the events. You listen to the diss tracks that they would do to each other stuff. I mean, Ice Cube was vicious, man. The, the guy the could best diss rap in my opinion, and this is going back even to the early New York days of rapper versus rap, Kumo D versus right, L. Right. But the best one is No Vaseline. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they played it in the movie, you just couldn't help but go, oh, my. you forget, and then you hear it, and you're like, oh, my God, he... He tore him apart because the, he didn't he just went, go for the group. He oh, yeah, say, he hey, went for your everybody. group is this, your group is this. He went individual. Hey, yeah. Dre this, hey, E this. Yeah, Dude, you're he, doing, yeah, he, he ate him up, man. And if you believe the movie, even they listened to it, and like Yellow was like, hey, that's some good shit. Like, that, I laughed. That's good well, shit. Well, the thing is, too, is a lot of them, not, not that they wouldn't have just sat back and probably not said anything, but a lot of them had something to do with or at least input in the movie, and they, if they didn't think it was true, they would have probably complained about it, but Ice Cube and them were making it, so there wasn't really much they were probably going to say about it, but um, I don't see any reason why those guys wouldn't be honest and be like, yeah, that's how it was. We It was good, mm-hmm. you know? It was good. Cube had some good stuff, man. Oh, he, dude, he, he also had some stuff that was out of my league I didn't I didn't quite grasp. Well, but remember, you know, Today Was a Good Day and all that other stuff, That mm-hmm. that's a hit song that you hear to this day and just, you if, know. If you're... If you're a, like an 80s rapper, and take yourself back to that decade. Let's right. even go early 90s, right? Because right. it was kind of like the evolution of yeah. hip-hop, right? right? If you're a rap group or a soloist and you get your record played on mainstream top 40 radio, you, you've, you've, reached, you've made it. Yeah. You've hit the end of the rainbow. 
Yeah, because like, that's where you're making your money. Right. Because there was a lot of these rappers that I've mentioned earlier and that you've mentioned earlier that nobody knew. Like, I guarantee half the people listening to this podcast don't know who Mantronics is. Right. But one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. And yeah. these people never made radio. But yeah. Cube, who was the hardest of the hard at the time, right? Yeah. NWA, the world's most feared rap group, and he breaks away after writing a bunch of their hits and yeah. then does his own shit. You know, he even made radio play. So yeah, he, he's done it all. Well, and he had a lot of hits, and I think you know. And you're talking about and one one more hit that I think is a great song that we it's under we underestimated because it's not like it was lyrically challenging, but it's just the chill of the chill is summertime with a uh, yeah. Fresh Prince. Yeah, good, I mean that's, that's a, a that's a great jam where you just listen to that's, the, that's a timeless one. Well, it's because he's talking about what it's like to barbecue and chill with the, you know right. what I mean. It's just cool, man. I, uh, that's a cool song that when you hear it, you're just like, oh yeah, that's a that's and and you could, I, I mean, I could tell you I've been to Philadelphia, but I've never lived in Philadelphia. Right. Right? But I could tell you that listening to that song, you can. You were born place and raised yourself. there. No, but you could almost place yourself in that time yeah. frame, thinking this is what it would be like. You know. Yeah. Well, now he's now he is who he is, right? So. Yeah. He's big. He's All right, people. Well, that's it for episode forty. Hope you enjoyed our take on uh, the rap songs and groups of our era. Mm, that's for you, Dax. Yeah. Your recommendation. And, uh, we are, like I said, we apologize for not being as frequent as we used to be, but we actually think uh, by not doing it as frequent it makes it a little bit more interesting, more fun for us as well. Um, we will be back to you sooner than later this next go around. As always, if you got any uh, recommendations, what you want to hear, what you think we need to talk about, let us know yep. on Facebook or email, whatever. Some of y'all have our phone numbers. Hit us up. Um, Colin B., if you're listening, we're seriously uh, thinking about you next one or two episodes, right? Yep. So, uh, all right, man. Get ready. All right. Well, we're out of here. See ya. All right. Peace. Late.